6. We're going to talk tonight about Stephen, and uh, we'll, we'll probably spend some time talking about him again next week. But tonight, Lesson 24 in our series as we work our way through the book of Acts, we're going to talk about Stephen, a man filled, a spirit-filled man, a man that was full of faith. The Bible says in Acts chapter 6, verse 8, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Now, we're not going to read the entire passage, but we could read the rest of chapter 6. And then we could look at the whole uh, down to verse 60 of chapter, seven, uh, of chapter 7, and we would see a wonderful picture, uh, a very short picture, a short period of time of the life and the death of Stephen but let's look back to verse 5 of Acts chapter 6. And the same pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. Let's pray together. Lord, as we examine this servant, Stephen, Lord, as we focus on the fact of him being spirit-filled, as we look at the result of what it looks like to be a spirit-filled Christian. Lord, I pray you'd help all of us to desire to have said of us what was said in your perfect word of Stephen. Lord, that we would be filled with your spirit, that we would be full of faith. Lord, help me tonight. Lord, give me your power to preach. Give me wisdom and understanding. Lord, I pray you'd work in our hearts Help us tonight, all of us. In your precious name we pray, amen. There is no doubt in my mind that Stephen was one of the outstanding characters in the book of Acts, in the early church. We see whenever the church in Jerusalem had a problem, uh, they needed to get some men to fill the need, and God gave a very high standard. We talked about those standards last week. And we see that they chose Stephen. There was no doubt about it. I don't think anybody in the church in Jerusalem went, I don't know about Stephen. Uh, it was obvious here that he was the, uh, the one that stood head and shoulders above even these others. The critical thing to notice, though, about Stephen was not his preaching. Stephen was not a preacher. He was a servant, but he, he shared his faith. The critical thing to notice about Stephen was not the signs and wonders that he did although the Bible says that happened. The critical thing to notice about Stephen, I believe, is that he was full of the Holy Ghost. The secret of his life and his ministry was without question the fact that Stephen was a spirit-filled man. Believers, ministers, missionaries, every follower of Christ ought to be spirit-filled. Filled. The Bible says on the day of Pentecost, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. That's to be a typical experience for every believer and his children. Ephesians tells us that we are to be controlled and filled by the Spirit of God, led by the Spirit, not by our flesh. And I want to give you just a few thoughts tonight about what it looks like to be a Spirit-filled person. Number one, as you see on the screen there, a Spirit-filled Christian is available to the Lord for whatever he appoints. Now, we want to be available for what we want. We have a running joke 
uh, Brother Colton and I, about the Nehemiah ministry. How many of you have ever heard of the Nehemiah ministry? If you haven't heard about the Nehemiah ministry, Brother Bonnie, you, you would want to be involved in the Nehemiah ministry. Uh, Nehemiah was the king's cupbearer. Nehemiah's job was to taste all the king's food to make sure it was okay and he didn't die. Uh, so the Nehemiah ministry, anytime we need to test out some new food somewhere, uh, Colton's like, Nehemiah ministry? I'm like, yeah, we, we got to have a Nehemiah ministry. We got to check it out. Now, we're all available for that. We're all available for what we enjoy and what we want. But a spirit-filled Christian is available for whatever the Lord appoints. Whatever, whatever God said to Stephen, Stephen, I want you to share your faith even if it means dying. Now, Lord, I think I'd rather uh, stand at the back and, and greet people in the church when they leave. I think that's a better ministry for me. I think I'd rather, you know, do something, you know, I'll sweep the church. But Stephen was available for whatever God needed. A spiritful Christian will be available to the Lord and the local church for whatever task is appointed. It may not be prominent work. It may be, if you will, backroom work. You know, we need to be available for whatever God wants. We see in second, actually, let's go ahead and turn there quickly. If you hold your place, we're going to come back to Acts in just a moment. Turn to the Old Testament with me. Uh, just a picture I want you to see in 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 15. Second Samuel chapter 15 and verse 15. And the king's servants said unto the king, Behold, thy servants are ready to do whatsoever my lord the king shall appoint. Now that's a pretty innocuous verse. I mean, servants of the king saying, King, whatever you want, we'll do. It's very innocuous until you realize that two verses earlier, the entire nation was following Absalom. And they, he, Absalom wanted to kill David. And the servant said to David, whatever you want, we'll do. In other words, if it means marching into death to Absalom, so be it. Whatever you want. They were willing to do whatever their king wanted. I believe a spirit-filled believer is willing to do whatever our king directs us to do. We see in Acts chapter 6 there in verse 2 and 3, Then the twelve called them all to the disciples and them and said, It's not reason we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men, full of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. We may point over this business. Understand, what was the business that Stephen answered the call to? It was to serve tables. It was to meet the needs of the, of the needy. It was to help distribute uh, from the local congregation to those that had need to help to fill those needs. It, it was not a, a role of authority. It was not something that was lifted up and, hey, look what this man's doing. It was a bit of a back room. It was a, a service area. And yet Stephen was willing to be used. Number two, a spirit-filled Christian 
is a channel for God's power. A spirit-filled Christian is a channel for God's power. In verse 8 it says, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Notice that. But of course it was not Stephen who did the great wonders. It was not Stephen who did the miracles. It was God's Spirit through Stephen. Stephen was a channel that God used. And we see plainly that a spiritual Christian, we're channels for God's service, for God willing to work. I grew up helping my dad doing construction. I couldn't even tell you how old I was the first time I helped pour concrete. I was eight or nine years old. And how many have ever worked in concrete before, helped pour concrete? And some of you have. I see that hand back there. Uh, by the way, that's why the Baptist preacher got fired uh, as a lifeguard. How many of you knew that? People kept dying every time somebody started to drown in the pool. He'd say, I, I see that hand over there. But you'll get that later. But I, I helped pour concrete a lot as a kid. And I remember the first time I was just a little guy and the big concrete truck rolled up and drum was spinning and the concrete guy took and folded out the chute ran the chute out on the hydraulic beam and uh, moved the chute over to the form that my dad and I had built and helped my dad build. And when it came time to pour the concrete, he pulled the lever and the, the drum that was turning to keep the concrete uh, mixing turned the other way to pull the concrete up the auger out the chute and the concrete slid down that metal chute into the form. Now, all the chute did was give a channel for the concrete to leave the truck and get to the form. All it was was a channel. Christian, all a spirit-filled Christian is, we are channels. We are channels for God's spirit to work through. And we see that here in Stephen's life. Uh, we see it plainly as God wants to work in and through us. In the Gospel of John, I read for you very quickly tonight, John chapter 14 and verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works. That's greater works than Jesus. Greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. How is that possible? Because we see the Spirit working through his channels. Number three tonight, a spirit-filled Christian reacts gracefully under provocation. Now, does that mean that every Christian reacts gracefully all the time? We should, but we don't. And can I tell you when we don't? <laughs> when we're not spirit-filled. A spirit-filled Christian reacts gracefully under provocation. We see in Acts chapter 6, verses 9 through 14, it says, There arose certain in the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines, and Cyrenians and Alexandrians of them of Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and spirit by which he spake. Then they suborned men, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people 
and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council and set up false witnesses which said this man ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law for we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered unto us. Can I tell you that Stephen faced a pretty, pretty tough crowd? Same crowd Jesus faced, the religious crowd. The biggest problem Jesus had was with the religious people. Same thing Stephen learned with. We see the religious crowd of the day attacking Stephen. They disputed with him. They, they lied about him. They, they paid people to say things about him. It's a pretty rough, pretty rough existence. But how does Stephen react? We see in verse 15. And all that sat in the council looking steadfastly on him and saw him cuss and swear and say horrible things. And that's not what it says. Some of you are like, well, I can't believe Stephen did that. It says they saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. How's that possible? I'll tell you right now, if I had that happen to me, I, I wouldn't want to have the face of an angel unless the angel's name was Lucifer, uh, unless I had a pitchfork and I was stabbing people in the eyeball. That's what I'd want to do. My flesh would want to react that way. By the way, Stephen's flesh wanted to react that way too. But Stephen was filled with the Spirit of God. When we are Spirit-filled, we can even react gracefully when we are being provoked when we've done nothing wrong. By the way, maybe you've heard of somebody named Jesus who never sinned, and he faced persecution. Matter of fact, he was beaten and crucified. And he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. We see Stephen here. The Bible says his face as it had been an angel. The picture there. Stephen reacted the same way his Lord reacted. Number four tonight, as we think about a spirit-filled Christian, a spirit-filled Christian is mighty in the scriptures. This is vital. We're, I'm not going to ask you to, we won't read the whole passage, but I encourage you to spend some time in the next couple days, take some time to read through chapter 7 of the book of Acts. We have the record of Stephen's defense before his accusers. We have the record of what Stephen said. And the critical thing to notice about this speech, and we won't look at all 60 verses tonight, but the critical thing to notice tonight about the speech of Stephen, his defense, is it's packed full of Scripture. Stephen was quoting Scripture. Letter A, Stephen knew the Scriptures well enough to quote them. If somebody came and took your Bible tonight and took your access to any copy of the Word of God, you had no digital access, you had no physical access to the Word of God, all you had was what was in your mind and in your heart. I wonder how many of us would even have one verse. Even one verse. 
There are many Christians in places where the Bible is outlawed who will take a page of Scripture and they'll literally tear it. And they'll fold it up and hide it. And they'll memorize it. And then they pass that page to someone else. So someone else can read and have that one page of Scripture. Stephen knew the Word of God. He quoted it. He, when he was being accused, letter B, Stephen believed the historical, poetic, and prophetic Scriptures. We see a, a, the whole of Stephen's preaching that he believed all of this book the old, that he knew, that he had received so far, the Old Testament, he believed it all to be the Word of God. I'm glad tonight that I, I can know that I have the Word of God, not the words of men. Stephen believed it. Let her see tonight, he preached the Scriptures. His sermon was all Bible. I remember a preacher that we had, I had as a teenager. When he preached, he would use a lot of scripture. I mean a lot of scripture. And I remember the first time I heard him make this statement, I was about 16 years old. I may have been 17. And he said, I will never apologize for using a lot of scripture. Matter of fact, I think we ought to use a lot of scripture. Stephen used the scripture. It was a Bible message. I've had more than one person come and visit our church and tell me or tell someone here, we visited a lot of churches and we never even heard the Bible. I had one person tell me they, they went to several churches and when they came to our church, we were the first church that somebody actually even opened a Bible on the pulpit. How sad it is. But Stephen, Stephen preached the Bible Letter D, he presented the Christ of scriptures. He preached the cross. Look at verse 52 with me of chapter 7 near the end of Stephen's message. Chapter, chapter 7 of Acts, verse 52. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before the coming of the just one. You'll notice those words are capitalized in the King James Bible because that is a person, a person of Jesus Christ. Of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers. The people hearing Stephen spoke knew exactly who he was talking about. When he said the just one and when he said you killed him, they weren't confused. They didn't say, hmm, I wonder who he meant. No, they knew he was preaching. He was preaching Christ and was preaching the cross that he had died, that they had taken his life, that he laid it down. But we see that Stephen's preaching was about Christ. We also see in the verse before, in verse 51, actually, look in verse 51 with me. It says, Ye stiff necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. We see letter E. He applied the scriptures to his hearers fearlessly. You know John the Baptist? We talked about him as we began the book of Acts just a few weeks ago. On Sunday night, I talked about John. Uh, as John, the, the voice in the wilderness. 
the soul winner, pointed to Jesus, behold the Son of God, behold the Lamb of God that take away the sin of the world. At one point, John had a chance to speak to a man who was very, very powerful. And John didn't say, you know what, it's okay, you know, you're, you know, the relationship you have is all right. No, you know, it's okay. John didn't, didn't gloss it over because he was a powerful man. John said, you're living in sin. You ought not have relations with her. Can I tell you what happened to John? Lost his head. John's head got served on a platter like you'd serve a cheese ball at a dinner. Why? Because John applied Scripture fearlessly to his hearers. Stephen did the same. I believe a pattern of spirit-filled believers, a pattern is that we will boldly apply Scripture no matter the situation. Because understand, Scripture is always right. It's not our opinion. It's not our thoughts. It's what did God say. And it doesn't change. What I want doesn't change what God said. What our culture accepts doesn't change what God said. What I feel doesn't change what God said. What your mother said doesn't change what God said. What your father said doesn't change what God said. We need to realize the importance of applying Scripture because Scripture is unchangeable. It is perfect. It is holy. And we see here that Stephen did so. So what is a spirit-filled Christian like? We see according to the message of Stephen, he knows, he or she knows and loves and proclaims the Bible. Presents Christ, applies him to his life, and seeks to minister the word of God to others. Turn to Colossians with me. We'll come back to Acts in just a second. Just a couple more quick thoughts I want to give you, but look here in the book of Colossians chapter 3. In verse 16, the Bible says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. The word of Christ. How important. Young Timothy was encouraged by his mentor, about the importance of all Scripture. All Scripture. Number five tonight, a spirit-filled Christian is sustained in the hour of adversity. A spirit-filled Christian is sustained in the hour of adversity. If we turn back to our text in the book of Acts chapter 7, we see in verse 54 and when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. It's amazing to me. They got so mad and so angry, they bit him. I've only ever seen a young child do that. But we see adults rushing someone and literally biting him. We see in uh, verse 57. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears, literally screaming, plugging their ears, I can't hear you, like a little child. And ran upon him with one accord, verse 58, and cast him out of the city and stoned him. 
when I was a little boy, we moved to a little place in West Virginia. Holden, West Virginia, I think it was. My dad was working a construction job there, and we pulled our little camper into that campground. It was a rough backwoods place. I remember the first day I was there, I went, my mom's like, yeah, go, you know, go find some kids to play with in the neighborhood. I found some kids to play with, all right. All the kids were throwing rocks at me. Uh, it was like you know, war against a new kid. I'm getting pummeled with rocks. Now, we think, you know, they're throwing the stone rocks at him. That's not the way it was. Literally, they took him and put him in a pit. And they picked up stones as big as they could carry and went over the edge. Literally, they crushed him to death as they threw boulders and rocks to destroy his body. The Bible says they stoned him. It says they laid down their clothes at the young man's feet, whose name was Saul. Saul was the man who stood there and said, this is holy, this is righteous. What you've done is good. Literally, he gave the, the rubber stamp. Yeah, you guys did a good thing here. This is, this is holy and religious. The very next verse, it says, And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Can I tell you that we see the great trial of Stephen and we see that God met his need? He was hated. He was stoned to death. We see in verse 58 and 59. But he wasn't feeling sorry for himself. It doesn't seem he was crying out for mercy. He had the peace of God. He rode out the storm. It says in verse 55, how could he do that? We see it there in 55 and 56. And he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open to the Son of Man. Stand on the right hand of God. Understand Stephen's spirit filled was sustained by God, by Christ during such a horrible, terrible event. I wonder if when Saul was stoned and I, this is riceology, I'll step away from the pulpit. I, I believe Saul died when he was stoned. I think God raised him again. I, I can't, I wouldn't fight over it, but I, that's, that's riceology. I believe that Saul was dead and God raised him up. But I wonder when Saul was in that pit, and Paul looked up and he saw those men with stones throwing down. I wonder if he looked up and saw the man standing there as the witness and remembered when he had stood in that same place, when he had witnessed Stephen, faithful Stephen, full of the Holy Ghost as he was stoned. But we see here that God sustained him. He looked up and saw the glorious vision. How? 
Hebrews tells us, seeing him who is invisible. Seeing him who is invisible. I can't see God today. And by the way, you haven't seen him either. Don't ever come up and tell Pastor Rice, yeah, God talked to me in a dream or I saw him because I'll call you a liar. Because uh, the Bible says you're a liar. God doesn't speak to you through dreams. God doesn't, you're not going to see his face. Uh, the Bible says no man's seen God at any time. But I can see him who is invisible, how? By faith. I can read the word of God and I can know that I can trust him. I can face whatever comes because what God has said, and I can know, although I cannot see him, I cannot touch him, I know he's real. And I know one day I will see him face to face. For the sexton yesterday opened his eyes in heaven. No longer invisible to him, he's seeing him face to face. Stephen, by the way, not long after, would see him face to face in heaven. But he was sustained by God. Number six, just two more quick thoughts, we'll close here. Number six, a spirit-filled Christian is like his Lord and Master. Verse 59 and 60, we see that Stephen was like Jesus in a very unique way. Verse 59, and they stoned Stephen, calling upon the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Verse 60, and he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. When he said this, he fell asleep. You'll remember not long before, maybe Stephen was one who heard the words from the cross. We don't know. But Jesus would say from the cross of Calvary, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Stephen here prayed a twofold prayer. Just like the petition that Jesus prayed from the cross. How wonderful. Christian, how much are we like our Savior? How much are we like Jesus? Lastly, a spirit-filled Christian is greatly mourned when he dies. Not mourned because they're gone or they have no hope, but mourned because they're missed. They're missed. Acts chapter 8, if you look there with me, verse 2. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. I have a friend, pastors in southern U.S., he was a baseball player. He was drafted right out of high school to play professional baseball. He grew up in a rough, rough, rough neighborhood. His 
mom raised him by herself. He got involved in the gangs and drugs at a young age, and he was selling drugs and doing drugs. When he was recruited right out of high school into playing professional baseball, he continued to sell drugs. He lasted a couple of years until finally he was let go. As you can imagine, the lifestyle that he was living did not cause him to be a great baseball player, a great part of a team. It wasn't long after that that he would be arrested for dealing drugs, and he would go to jail. In jail, somebody came and preached the gospel. And the young boy who grew up in a broken home in a horrible situation in a horrible neighborhood trusted the Lord Jesus Christ while he was serving his debt to society. That preacher kept coming and he was reading his Bible and studying and God called him to preach while he was in jail. When he got out of jail, he went and joined a local church. He went off and went to Bible college. Today he pastors a church in the southern U.S. Faithful, 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 faithful man. He had the privilege of pastoring his mama for many years. Two days ago, his mother went off into eternity. I read a post from him this morning on Facebook. He said, I can't understand the pain that I'm going through. He said, I don't need anybody to preach a sermon to me. He said, I don't need anybody to tell me my mom is in heaven and all the things that I know all of that. He said, but I just want you to pray for me. He said, I've never known grief like I'm walking through. Can I tell you it's okay to grieve? We see here that these men carried Stephen and they, the Bible says they mourned him. Why? They missed him. They missed his presence. They missed the benefit of him in the local church. They missed the interaction that they had with him. Now, they knew where he was. I don't think they were doubting Stephen was with the Lord. But because he was such a spirit-filled Christian, he had such a big impact. He was mourned when he passed. It was a significant loss on earth, but a great gain in heaven. So what's a spirit-filled Christian like? We've seen in the study here that to be filled with the Spirit, we need to be emptied from sin and self and all this displeasing of the Lord. Any comes and floods unfills our life. Years ago, before we had this baptistry, we had a metal horse trough. I saw it. It's down in Airdrie. I saw it a few weeks ago when I was down with Pastor Friesen. They're still using it. Waters are still being stirred in that old horse trough. Been in use now for 18 and a half years. We used to put in a bucket heater. Those of you that remember the old building, we, we put a bucket heater like you'd use in a farm to heat water outside in a cold barn. And put it on a timer, put it in there, and if we're going to baptize, heat the water up. 
But we had a timer, a, a high, you know, a real a high-powered timer, not your typical light timer for your house because we're talking a lot of power going through there. We had a timer. We'd set the timer, and so it would heat up and be ready for service. Well, somebody had unplugged the timer and plugged it back in, and so the timer got messed up. And we were going to baptize that Sunday, and I, before the service, I took the lid off to check the water in the baptistry, and the heater had been on for about half a day. You could have made soup in that water. It was all, literally almost boiling. I don't know if the girls remember or not, but it was hot. And we had somebody was getting baptized that morning. I can't remember who it was. And I thought, man, I can't. I'd be like scalding a hog. I mean, you can't dip someone in that kind of water. Uh, what are we going to do? And so, and it was full. And I thought, man, we've got to get, we've got to cool it down. And I remember thinking, do we have any ice? And we looked, and there was a little bit of ice. I thought, we've got to do something. Well, I knew we couldn't put enough cold water in there to cool it down. Or, you know, you can't fill it up or you put a person in. I knew if we were going to cool it down, I had to get water out of there. So we had a bucket brigade going before the service. We had the back door open there, by the, back, the side door by the baptistry, and I had somebody with buckets, and we're scooping out water so hot it'd give you third-degree burns just about. We're scooping out these hot buckets of water, carrying it outside. I think it was winter time, pouring it out outside and scooping and pouring and scooping and pouring and scooping and pouring. And at the same time, we had a water hose with cold water coming, and until we could get the water out of it, we couldn't cool it down. Can I tell you that Stephen learned a lesson that if he was going to have the power of God and the Spirit of God, he had to get him out of the way. He had to be emptied. We don't have a problem. We don't have an issue with having a God who can fill us. We have a problem, and our issue is we want to fill us instead. We want to be filled with us. Stephen was a spirit-filled Christian. Let's pray together. Lord, help us. Help us to understand, God, that you want to use us. You want us to be yielded to you. I pray, Lord, that we would be emptied of self. Would you fill us? Use us? And we be ready to do whatever it is you have for us. Well, thank you for the testimony of Stephen. What a powerful testimony. What a powerful book, the book of Acts. Lord, be with us as we continue in our study. Lord, I pray you'd bless Lord, our time together. Lord, I pray you'd be with us this week as we endeavor to tell others about Jesus. Lord, bless our uh, teen activity this week, our soul winning on Saturday. Lord, our services this weekend. Lord, may you be glorified. In your precious name we pray. Amen.